Let's go to the scriptures. I always say Easter and Christmas are hard sermons to preach because everybody knows the story. So every year I try to think of another way to give a a tidbit of meat that's different from just the story everybody knows. That, that there's a revelation that's different even to myself each year because we already know the story, but God reveals something new. Every time we, we read and speak his word, he reveals something new because it's life. That's why when somebody says, well, I've read the Bible, well, then no, you haven't because every time you read the Bible, God gives more. You'll never stop being full off God's word. So I want to encourage you with that, but let's go to Luke, and I, I hope this touches you today. Luke chapter 24, verses 36 through 53. When you have it, say, got it. When you don't have it, say, got it. If you're not sure how to find it, say, got it. It's on the screen. (laughs) While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Let me give you context. The resurrection has happened. Jesus is now witnessing to over 500 for 40 days after the tomb was empty and guess where he went first to his 12 so they were in this room and here comes Jesus that's weird thought he was dead thought he left us while they were still talking about this Jesus himself stood among them and said to them peace be with you they were startled and frightened thinking they saw a ghost yeah I understand that He said to them, why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and feet. It is I. He showed them the nails in his hands and feet, the nail holes. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have, like where this spear went into my side. That's another gospel. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe... Isn't it funny how God can stand right in front of you, show you the holes in his hands, and you still say it's not him? Like, it's so funny how our minds work. While they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? (laughs) Okay. Verse 42, they gave him a piece of broiled fish from McDonald's, and he took it and ate it in their presence. That's what it says. It says the filet fish dollar menu. Right in the middle of Jerusalem to Yeshua. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled. Let me say that again. This is what I told you when I was still with you. Remember, they're surprised here. He's going, why are you surprised? This is what I told you when I was still with you. Why would you doubt? How many miracles did I have to do so you would not doubt? And yet still... Hear the holes, you still doubt. And this is what I told you I was with you, that everything must be filled, verse 44, that it is written about me in the law of Moses. Even back in the law, they were talking about my coming. The prophets and the Psalms, verse 45, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He opened their minds. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning with the one seed in Jerusalem. See how that works? You are witnesses. Look to your neighbor and say, you're a witness of these things. This is what I told you when I was with you. 
I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay, everybody say stay, in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I'll get to that. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. My title today on this Resurrection Sunday 2023 is Rising Above All. I kept wanting to call it Rising Above It, and I said, no, no. Christ, when he left the tomb, rose above all things, all problems, all situations. You don't have to worry about it because it's all. It's all-inclusive, like that package you, ever, you overpaid for on the boat that time. It's all-inclusive. Don't worry about the a la carte part of it because God's got it all now because he conquered death. Rising above all. I don't know about y'all, but have you ever experienced something you know God did for you? Then you turn around and question it, whether it was real or not. Like the herky-jerky, you just do a swap a on your mind. You start coming up with ways to demote your experience from astonishing to average. You know, you get around the wrong people, they start telling you the average stuff, and now you start demoting what God did to just normal. Well, they walked on the water because the salt in the water. Last time I checked, they walked on the water because God called them out on the water, and by faith they could stand on water. I don't care how much salt was in it. So that's what we do. We practice. We practicalize, that's not a word, sorry. Grammar is not my thing. We, we, we make practical the spiritual so that we can still believe it according to our six, five, whatever senses. I got eight senses. I don't know how many senses we got. Five senses, sorry about that. I cut my caffeine, brain's not all there. But we, we encapsulate God's ability based on our senses. But God is spiritual, how can you confine God to your senses when he operates outside of your ability to sense what he's doing? So maybe you get around some people and they don't understand, so they feed your mind with why it wasn't so, and you start to buy into it by being a product of your environment. But do you know that spiritual exchange can't be discerned by our fleshly senses, five of them? Meaning, when God does something in the Spirit by the power that only comes from the Spirit and moves on us in a way we can't explain, our senses will never find a good reason to make sense of it because our senses can't discern Spirit. Spirit is Spirit. And only Spirit, Christ said this too, can understand the Spirit, can distinguish the Spirit. So my question to you today is, has God placed himself in front of you, yet you are doubting what you see, questioning, who is this? Look at your neighbor and say, who is this? Caleb, who's this guy with the fish sandwich? He's hungry. Jesus don't need to eat. Last time I checked, he was still a man too. He was fully God and fully man. He was 
conceived by the Spirit. Therefore, the, the Spirit of God was in him by his, his spiritual father. That's why we call him son. And his mother Mary was the fleshly side of him. Together, the Christ came, the fruit of God's plan. Who is this? Why would God stand in front of me and eat some fish out of all things? If God said it, then I can rise above all of it. All of it. I can rise above it. So what do we do? We do just like the apostles when we feel like God is doing something amazing. Give us a little bit of time on Saturday, and we start questioning in the midst of the amazement. We start questioning in the midst of the amazement. We lost him Friday. We had enough time without him Saturday. Then now Sunday he's here, and we're denying him standing in front of us. The man's got a spear hole in his side. He's got holes in his hands and feet, and he's hungry from not eating for three days, hanging on a cross. His head's all messed up from the thorns, and we're saying, who are you? Silly, right? That's what they did. How do you know you wouldn't do that? I don't know that I wouldn't when it, if I was really there. That's an ethical decision. We can say we would never do that until it really happens to us because the devil is out to trick your minds. And anything he can do to reduce God's ability in your life is a trick from the enemy. He wants to bring him back to just normal, practical, and in a way that the world can explain him only. And that's how he keeps him from really doing more miraculous things. They questioned in the midst of standing there. This is something that caught my eye that I've never caught before, and I've read this a zillion times, is that isn't it funny that God fished for men and they gave him a fish sandwich back? Now let's think about this for, the second, for a second. <clears throat> when God first called the apostles, he said, drop your nets, drop your poles. They didn't have poles. Drop your nets, I know. Someone yelled at me once in 2018 because I joked, said he was fishing with a pole and some worms, and they got offended. They said, it's a net. I said, it's a joke. But maybe he used a little kiddie pool, pool back then when they fished. You know, you never know. And so he said, drop your nets, and I'll make you fishers of men. And that was a prophetic message to the new covenant here. Now they're ready. Once they've been in due with the power, he told them to go away because they hadn't been filled with the Spirit yet on the day of Pentecost. That's why he's saying go away so you can be in due with the power because you can't do spiritual things without the Spirit in you. But now that they're ready to go fish for the men, what do they do? They give them back what they know in the doubt. They give them back just the fish. I don't know if this is working. I don't know if you're getting this. They gave him back what represented their humanity, their fleshly doubt. That's all they really knew was fishing. So when he showed them the miracle, they gave him back the excuse. You getting this? God knows what he's doing, and he wasn't that hungry that he needed their fish sandwich that day. He could just make a Taco Bell for goodness sake. Why would he go to McDonald's then? He did it to show them that they still need him and that he would still be there like he said he would do when he was with them because they still question. And I don't know about you, but that's what we do. We get, God says, here I am. I told you if you were faithful, I'd show up. And you say, God, just uh, here's a fish sandwich. I don't know. I don't know if I can do more than the. The, the lukewarm fish sandwich that's been sit, sitting in my car, God, that's what I'm willing to give back because of fear and doubt. Because even though this says they were amazed, they were really kind of scared. They were startled because it was not sens sensual. 
what happened. So their senses couldn't discern a man who went to a cross. And last time they checked in the history of Jerusalem, no one ever survived that. And then they got up. He got up and left the tomb. And so they were, they were, they were like intrigued but scared because all they had to understand was, was their senses. And that's why God actually came to tell them, you don't understand. You can't do what I sent you to do yet because I haven't endued you yet. And that's coming. So you got to stay and wait, he said in verse, what is it, 49? He says, he says I'm going to send my father, what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. There's a reason he said that. There's a reason he had to point out to them they still weren't ready because without the power of the Spirit in them, they could not discern the things of God. Therefore, they could not do the Great Commission. Is this making sense? Is this too deep for holiday? I thought we came here for some eggs. This is the fundamental core of the church's birth right here. You got to get this. But that instinct to reduce God is a default behavior in, in humanity. But God wants to upgrade our spiritual minds today. Because without the spirit, we will always bring him back to our senses. Always. I've got this uh, memoir I wrote of my daughter being born. And I don't hyper-spiritualize, but God told me this when she was born on the 40th week. And her name was Seven Letters, and she became the seven in our family. And, and she was born on the only day of the week with, with seven letters. And, and, and then her, her name was Italian. That was cool. That was a bonus. But all these things God did over like three years with this one child to teach us something bigger than the child itself. And so I remember I wrote this thing, and I showed it to some people, and they kind of like, they kind of smirked, like, oh, that's cute. And I, I, you know, I'm a pastor, so I understand, like, they don't get it. That's okay. I'm not trying to make them get it. But I know in my heart that was like 10 things that all aligned, kind of like God's word. And when you get enough things aligning in God's word in harmony, death can't defeat it. That's why the Bible still is alive today, because there's over 40 authors, over 1,500 years of writing. Though they weren't on paper, they were, on, they were existing more than that. The writings were 1,500 years, over 40 authors, and yet everything is in harmony from Adam to Revelation. So there's a reason for that. So when you collectively piece it together and then the devil tries to say it's just coincidence, well, how many coincidences do you need before you realize God is trying to show you the holes in his hands? I often need more anyway because it depends where my mind's at. That's why if we don't stay strong in his word, we can be tricked by the devil, even when Jesus is standing right in front of us. Right there, the man himself. He was hungry, and that's a true thing. But he didn't really come to eat. He came to teach. And he came to tell them what to do next, which is to go and wait. That's why he came. What did God speak to you? Does anybody ever feel like God spoke to them? Some people get spoke to by God like all the time. I'm not one of those people. So when God does speak to me, I really know it's him because it's not as often as you would think. I'm just being honest. Like I don't hear from God like that. It's not like he's like 2, 8, 2 p.m. Hey, Jeff, here's your, here's your list for today. doesn't work like that for me. It's more like a, a burden. How many know what a burden is? A burden is like you start carrying this thing and you're like you feel this weight. 
and then you, you think it's bad, and you realize it's because God's tugging you to do something. That's kind of how I feel it. But how many, how many have, have known God has told them something? Just raise your hand. Well, if, they, for, if I raise my hand, they'll think I love Jesus. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I remember when I used to be embarrassed to pray, like at a restaurant. I'm not one of these that like, oh, Heavenly Father, thank you. I'm not one of those. I do it quiet. But I had to get over it because I'm thinking, what am I, what am I worried about here? The approval of men or am I, am I here to give thanks? So I do it quietly. I usually make one of my kids do it. Because <laughs> I'm all prayed out from Sunday, you know. That's my excuse. For real, I make them do it. <laughs> what did God speak to you? Those who rose, raise your hand. And those who didn't, don't worry, your time's coming. You keep seeking God's word, God's going to speak to you. God's speaking to you today. If you didn't raise your hands, God's speaking to you, and you may not realize it yet. But what did God speak to you? The devil wants to take that thing and reduce it down to average. When in the moment, I know some of y'all felt this, you felt, wow, God really did this. And then you went and you shared it with some people, and they tried to belittle that thing and make it not worth nothing. You know why? Because they don't understand what their sense is. But when the power of God gets on you and you feel that burdened, you know something's different. When you start weeping and you're not even sad, something's moving. Like, like why do they cry? Because the power of God makes you weep in joy, in, in, in gratitude. And so there's a humbled, there's a humbled um, moment where you, you're, you, you're reverent in the presence of God because you know he did that for you. And if you, if you haven't had that, then, then I encourage you to find that because he wants to have that kind of closeness with you. You can clap for that. I'll tell you something God spoke to me, and there's been times where I questioned the holes were real in his hand, and that's this church. Oh, no. The hey, we're all human, right? Well, I'll tell you what. When corona hit, I started thinking, I don't know, God, did I do the right thing? Can I be honest? I don't know, God. Like, like, and then I started thinking, it's not just us. It's the world. Okay, okay. But my mind, wanted, the devil wanted to say, see, no one's coming. Nobody cares. Don't even do it. Why you keep doing this every week? You guys are blood, sweating, grinding. Why are you doing this? Nobody cares. It's lost. Give up on them. That's what the devil says. And let me tell you, there's a few times the devil will do this. He'll go, you know what? I know you still care, but you don't care about your family enough. Who you putting first, PJ? You see, the devil will get in your mind and find a reason to reduce the impact you're making so that it's not worth keep doing. And he'll tell you to go back to that thing. But I had enough Jesus in me to know the devil's a liar. And I had enough Jesus in me to know that anytime I felt persecution, rejoice, because that meant we were actually stirring the soil. So when corona hit and we're in the basement and there's nothing left, I said, this is good. This means something huge is going to happen. That means we're moving a plow when things, things don't feel like they're moving. That's when God's doing something under the surface. Remember what I told you when I was with you. You getting this? Remember Jesus and remember what I told you. If you go by your feelings, you will fail. Remember what I told you when I was with you. You're not seeking the approval of men. You're seeking the approval of me. And when you stay faithful, son, you stay faithful, daughter, I will come back to you and ask for my sandwich. 
And that takes five years sometimes. And that takes 10 years sometimes. You got to tune it out or it'll drown you. It'll suffocate you. If you let the enemy in and you let all that junk in, it will saturate you like the thorns in the garden, the, the parable of the sower. That's what the thorns are. It will take that word from you that God has given you because you're letting them impression you. We don't need that. You don't need that. Talk to your neighbor. Tell them, so you don't need that. You need Jesus. And that's what gets us through it. And now, you know, this, we're so excited about this building. And I'm not like a normal pastor who just, we just don't fling buildings around. This is a big deal to us. And so like, like to see the bones coming up, this is something that I question would ever happen, that maybe we should just give up, Jen. Maybe we should just hang it up. But God said, remember what I said to you, and if you keep plowing and your team keeps plowing and you do it together, I will show back up. And guess what God did? He's showing up. He's still showing up. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's a mountain coming up underneath. So that's what I remember. When I'm doubtful, that's what I think about. I don't think about, I love y'all. I don't think about nobody else. I think about, remember what I said when I was with you, when there was no one in the beginning. You had the motivation. Remember what I said when it was just you in that concrete high school. That's what will get you through. That's for all of you. That's not just me. That's just an example. That's what you have to do because God is trying to speak to you, and if you start letting them impression you, you won't hear him. When he's right there with his holes. You know, you know, what, a crucif you know what a crucifixion does? You know why they did that? Not to make a, you know, a movie about it so it looked dramatic. It's because they suffocate them when they break their legs. Because when they've hung there long enough and they need to get her done because the Sabbath coming was break his legs. Come on, somebody. Let's break his legs so that as he sinks, he can't breathe. But last time I checked, Jesus was the only crucifixion ever, according to back in the law, that his legs would not be broken. So he didn't go out like that. Jesus defied all senses. What did God speak to you? Remember his word he gave you. He is shaping you. He's shaping you like clay into a witness. Some of y'all, this is too deep for. I'm sorry about that. God just told me to preach it. I'm trying to, you know, keep it fair to everybody. But, but I think that if, I don't even care. If the word of God touches you today, it'll start making sense maybe in a year. I don't know how to simplify it anymore. But you're supposed to be a witness, not a churchgoer. We're not churchgoers, we're God's church. We take the church in the rain. We take it in the snow. We take it in the ice. We take it somewhere. Once we've got off milk and we've got on meat, we're ready to go. That's what Paul said. You can only stay on milk for so long before you want a fish sandwich instead. He reminded them of the prophecy in verse 46. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and arise from the dead on the third day. He keeps, every time he does something, he keeps reiterating what he already did or what was already said. Because he's trying to build a case for our understanding that when we doubt the future, all we got to do is look back on what's already happened. And that's how we stay strong. 
we can't witness what we're not open to. And so in that moment, he opened their minds. That's what he did. He had to go there and open their minds, Jen. They weren't ready. They thought they were ready. They actually were probably down in the dumps. I always joke and say they went to Starbucks on Saturday and were just kind of passing around the stories of, man, can you believe Jesus left us? Because it would be really hard to grasp here one minute, gone the next, and the world's now saying, see, I told you, it was all fake. It was all a failure. He went off to France or whatever and got married. It's all a bluff. No, and Jesus said, just wait till the third day. It had to be three. It couldn't be two. But they don't know the scriptures. That's why it matters. He told them to wait, to be endued with power. Because there's power that comes from being faithful to the promise. And now today we celebrate resurrection because he's fulfilled the promise that he gave them. It was all the way back in Genesis. It was all the way back in the Garden of Eden, if you really want to know. The promise of the Messiah has been since the beginning. And now today he's fulfilled the promise. And it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if Nate's in here. We used to make this joke about someday when we got a church building, we'd fight over who got to flip the lights on. After doing the trailer and the, and the carts and the bagging and the sorting, and, and it was very militant, and we fight about it. And then finally we got a light switch. It was like, what, what's this? We didn't know what to do. If We felt underutilized, Anthony. We were like, everybody's fighting over the light switch because everybody felt underutilized because they were so used to doing it one way and just go going hard, you know, going hard, that all of a sudden when there was not as much to do, they're like, what do we do? So God had to reposition us, and that took like a year. And we pivoted to now a different stage, and it's been really cool to see. But I tell you that because when Jesus showed up after all the the hearing about it, when it really happened, they didn't know what to make of it. You know, it's like that thing you ask for and you ask for, and then it finally comes, and you're like, is this really it? You start doubting. Remember, Remember John the Baptist did that. John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, was preaching the Messiah come, baptize you with fire and the Holy Ghost. And then John is about to be beheaded because of his faith. And he goes up to Jesus. He's like, you know, I know we're cousins, but are, are you really him? After all that, he goes, are you really him? And Jesus said, yes, I am, cuz. All right. And he lost his head over it. Herodias, thank you for that. The doubt will never stop trickling in is what I'm trying to say to you. That's why we have to stay close to his word because then when God shows up to do more, the doubt can cause us to stay beneath where God has called us to rise above. And if God conquered death, I hate to break it to you. I'm excited to break it to you, actually. We can rise above all things that come our way. Come on, somebody. If God conquered death, we can rise above all all things. Because at the end of the day, he did what he said. At the end of the day, he did what he said. Remember what I said to you when I was with you. Remember what I said to you. He's looking for a resurrection in somebody else today. To come up and out of that tomb and rise above. But he said, wait. Before you go tell them, let me give you one more verse here. 
I'm going to send you, verse 49, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Remember, the senses can't understand the spirit. The spirit had not yet been given. And if we want to talk about Jesus blessing the guy on the cross, Barabbas, and, and all the other times the spirit came in somebody, that was a different dispensation until, until the cross happened and resurrection happened. This is the new covenant. And the new covenant becomes the blueprint for all humanity until the new covenant ends. And so they weren't even ready yet because the spirit had not yet been given. And so Jesus had to die, had to rise, so the spirit can now be given into the new body of Christ. And that's this church in Acts 2 coming to a Jerusalem near you in 50 days. We can clap for that because God is saying, you're not ready, but I got a gift for you. You're not ready, but I got a gift for you. So he forecasted another prophetic thing to them. Even though he told them all this while he was with them, he keeps having to repeat so they have the revelation. You keep repeating until you get the revelation. God confirms through reception. Who's ready to receive him today? If y'all could stand with me. God is calling his sheep to wait. If you hear me preach often, I'm not the guy who always tells you to wait. I'm always saying, go, go, go. But there's times where you have to be prepared. And if you go without preparation, your mission will come back void. So there's times where God's going to tell you to wait so you can be properly prepared and go spread the good news, the gospel. The gospel means good news, the great commission. God's church is ready to be clothed for his commission. This is the day. Tell your neighbor, this is the day.